Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. And then you should, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. <laughs> Wired that way. I guess we got so we got Bo Monday, um, Bo Monday. <laughs> Does everybody ever? Yeah, Bo Monday. No, it's yeah, Bo Day. Um, me and me and Bo actually met at the the Sportsman's Expo uh, there in Salt Lake City, and we were just kind of yeah. chatting it up. And um, you know, we're both into photography. Looking at your Instagram, uh, you are a much better photographer than me. <laughs> you you got some really cool no. stuff. Um, but yeah, man, why don't you, uh, why don't you just kind of give a little intro on yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, well, sweet. I, I guess first off, Ryan, thanks for, for having me on. It was great meeting you and a couple of the other team at Seek Outside at the show. And so, yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to chat today with you guys. But as Ryan said, my name is Bowman. Um, mainly people call me Bo, but yeah, I, I do uh, wildlife and pretty much nat- nature, outdoor, and hunting photography. So that's kind of uh, my, my passion. Uh, I do a lot of hunting, and I'm always packing at least 20 pounds of, <laughs> of extra gear around with my camera equipment. Um, but outside of hunting season, I, I pretty much you know chase wildlife all season and, and uh, do wildlife photography and, and stuff like that. So that's yeah. Yeah, kind of me and what I, and what I do. That's a good point about the the gear. I don't think like people really realize if they're not like into photography. Um, you know, when you're out on a hunting trip, you're already taking. I mean, if you're doing a multi-day trip, you're yeah. already packing in like probably forty pounds minimum if you're doing, you know, five days or whatever. But then you think about photography, and especially if you're you know getting paid to go on a shoot. You got to bring the camera, obviously, which, you know, a lot of the full frame cameras and and nice lenses are not uh, light by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I think most A7Threes and a lens is going to, you know, they get up there close to five to seven pounds. Um, so they're they're heavy. And then you got all the, the backup batteries that you got to take. You know, some, some folks take... Uh, backup cameras which is a good idea if you don't um you know if you don't want to be sol uh mid hunt if you get a lens that cracks or something like that so it's it's really i mean if it's a burden to be the photographer and especially to get you know some of the shots like you have that and just for the the folks out there you've done uh, video shoots for um eberly stock it looked like prime archery the the list goes on um, so you're no slouch in that in that aspect, but um, just the the extra work that photographers have to do in order to get that that one shot that's going to go. You know, sometimes it's it's in a little tiny corner in the bottom of a product pamphlet, and you're like, oh man, like that was such I did so much work for that little little photo. But then you know you also have the giant blow ups like you had at the Sportsman's Expo. Um, that really makes it all worth it. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. no, that, it, that's, that's constantly going through my head of like, man, I'm, <laughs> my pack is so much heavier, you know, on this trip or this day or on this just death hike. And you, you always hope you come out with a, a photo that makes it worth it. But a lot of times, you know, you, you don't, and, but all the same, I think, uh, it's the days that you don't carry your camera that you wish you had one. It seems to always turn out. So oh, for I, just, sure. I always plan on for sure, at least 10 to 15, if not more pounds on my back. So yeah, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's just a price to pay, but I, I think it's, it's something that I personally love to do. So it's, you know, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Well, I've, I've gotten to the point where I, you know, I'll start carrying my, my camera uh, just in my truck going to work and coming back because you know here in Grand Junction we got some pretty awesome um, geography just you know in the surrounding areas that's not hard to you know just jet over to um, so I mean you get a you get a nice storm where you get a storm coming in from the west and then you still have sunshine over to the east it just yeah. makes for a perfect <clears throat> photography and I've just missed 
so many of those shots that I'm like, all right, I got to start bringing my oh, camera. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable tough. how like how the amazing sunsets will pop as you like walk out of the grocery store <laughs> or something, I know. right? Yeah. Like it's always in those moments where you're like, ah, oh, dude, where's my camera? What am I doing? And, I and then you actually plan a shoot, you go out and it's like, just like no clouds in the sky, like sunset, just blah. But yeah, every now and again, you get lucky. But I agree with you, carrying my camera in my car too is something I, <laughs> I typically always, always try to have handy for those opportunities. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so the way I see it, I mean, there's kind of two uh, main subjects that I want to cover off on. Um, I mean, the big thing with photography is obviously gear. So I think we're going to tackle some of that. Um, but I also, you know, this show, we have listeners that are hunters, but then we also have rec people, um, that are, you know, I could see be being more into, uh, just the straight wildlife photography aspect of being a photographer. Um, so, so I kind of want to get your perspective on that and, and maybe, um, maybe describe kind of the essential gear for like wildlife photography specifically. And yeah, we'll just start with that. The, the, the gear that is very specific to, you know, getting that epic wolf shot or, or bison shot or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think for sure with, with wildlife, obviously, um, being, being able to have a lens that gives you that reach to, you know, zoom in and, and get those shots that, you know, you don't have to be standing <laughs> 20, 30 feet away is going to be um, huge for you. So, I mean, at least for people maybe getting into wildlife or wanting to get into wildlife, um, I definitely would recommend like a lens that gives you that reach. There's a lot of um, zoom options that give you like 150 millimeters to 600 millimeter range in both like a Sigma or a Tamron. They have like a Sigma and Tamron, Tamron 150 to 600. Um, so that's going to give you your reach, right? Like if you're going to photograph an animal and let's say it's a wolf, like you said, like that, I mean, that's obviously a super rare encounter and every wildlife photographer <laughs> dreams of that opportunity. Um, but you're probably not going to get within feet of a wolf, right? And so you're going to want to have uh, a, a lens on your camera to be able to um, have that reach to get you know, a picture of a wolf that's not just like a dot in your frame. Um, so I'd say that's kind of number one is, is a decent zoom lens. I personally, I shoot a, a Nikon 200 to 500 and then I have a, a prime lens. Prime just means it's, it's a fixed millimeter. There's no like zooming in and out capability. And I have a 300 millimeter 2.8 and the 2.8 really lends to like lower light photography, right? So I love that lens because most wildlife are active either really early in the morning or in the evening um, when the light isn't, there's not a lot of it, right? It's dusk or it's, you know, the blue hour light. Um, so you're able to, to, to get a little more ability in your camera on those lower aperture lenses, like a 2.8, to, to get a nice clean image. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say lens being an important piece for sure. And then uh, as far as like a camera body, um, Wildlife is obviously, they either move or run or fly if it's a bird or an eagle, right? So you're gonna want something that has the capability um, to capture fast action, that has a, a fast autofocus system um, to, to track animals um, that are, you know, to capture any sort of action or, or cool moment like that. Um, and then secondly, I'd say as part of your gear, you know, um, setup would just be the ability for you to stay out in <laughs> in nature longer, right? You, you got to have uh, the ability to either hike to, and get up there, or if I, I personally love like taking photographs in in bad weather, right? Like mm -hmm. whether it's stormy, like s snowing, blizzard, that just makes for like a cool story around like these animals that are out there all winter surviving, like. You know, so being able to be out there with them with the proper gear, uh, you know, be it, you know, your snow gear and boots and, you know, being able to withstand it and stay out there to get those type of photos in inclement weather is like a must have for me as well. So 
yeah, I'd, I'd say just a, a good lens that has long reach, a camera body with a good autofocus system and ability to capture action. I mean, there's an array of camera options right now. Um, so if, if you're just getting into it, like I'd maybe recommend a crop sensor. It's a little more affordable. A crop sensor also gives you a, a crop factor, which means your millimeter on your lens is going to be even closer because it's it's not a full frame. It's essentially cropping in, which is zooming in on the on the animal. Um, and then the the last piece just being your own personal gear, so you can stay out longer and you know get the cool shots that you want. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you hear about the <clears throat> you know Nat Geo guys; they got to stay out. It, you know, if they want a, a f- uh, good piece of video on like a snow leopard or something like that, you're staying out there for like three months in a row just to to get you know 10 minutes worth of video of a, of a snow leopard have you ever done anything that intense for for a wildlife shot oh man that that's pretty extreme not that intense um i mean i have you know i i did a solo trip to alaska for 10 days photographing grizzly bears by myself um that were fishing on the salmon uh during mm-hmm. the salmon runs so i mean that was it was incredible i was solo I, I did take a bear fence right for my camp and and basically just live with the bears for 10 days it was awesome um but that was like act like there were so many bears it was crazy so that wasn't necessarily sitting and waiting like your example but i definitely have put in my my time sitting and waiting on i don't know i've i've sat on you know deer kills waiting for mountain lions to maybe come back and and eat and i've sat all day and nothing showed up Mm. Um, or you know stuff like that but yeah i've definitely had my share of being patient and (laughs) sitting and waiting and sometimes it works out and you get you know that small moment of a an opportunity with the animal that you're hoping to photograph and and other times yeah you know you hike off the mountain waiting all day and you know nothing came about it but yeah. Anyway, it's 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 fun. I you know I enjoy both both sides of it. Well, it's kind of very similar to hunting. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I I've never done much wildlife photography just because I feel like you typically need those those big time lenses, and um, I just haven't gotten into that quite yet. I, I would love to, but um, I mean, it, even just like a, a sunset or a sunrise, you know it. Uh, not every sunset or sunrise in some geographical location is going to be epic. I mean, sometimes it, it yeah. takes two or three days to get that, that right, right thing. Kind of like in hunting, you know, there's probably not always going to be a, a bull that shows up the first morning. Sometimes you got to wait till day three after you've been waking up, you know, super early and staying up super late just to get the sunrise or sunset. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a, it's a pretty solid parallel uh, between the two of them. Yeah, no, there is a huge overlap. I mean, even with the, kind of my style of of wildlife photography, I do love more of the backcountry. I mean, I, I do my fair share of going to national parks, right? Mm-hmm. And and those animals are a little more habituated or used to humans and things like that. So I, I definitely do capitalize and take advantage of of those opportunities and going to national parks where you can see and interact with animals where they're not going to, you know, smell you before you ever see them and run away, stuff like that. Um, yeah. but in the backcountry, yeah, it's, it's essentially spotting, tracking, <laughs> looking, and then stalking an animal to try to get an opportunity for a photo. It's very similar to, you know, hunting. I do a lot of bow hunting, so it's very similar to bow hunting in that aspect too of, of needing to be patient, learning the animal's behavior, their kind of routines on the mountain and, you know, what they, where they hang out, where they feed, where they bed and being in that intersection of, you know, where that, where that happens to, to get a photo. So yeah, def- definite parallels too. And your example of like a sunrise sunset, as far as the, the patience or dedication, <laughs> uh, there's the same aspects there of, of, uh, doing it, you know, morning after morning to, to try to get what you're looking for so so take like a um let's say like your your grizzly bear trip i guess maybe that eh, let's not go with that example that might be a little bit more extreme but say you're just 
you're striking out on like a, you know, seven or call it five day trip. Um, and the sole goal is wildlife photography or, or I mean, whatever it could be landscape, just maybe lay out how many pictures you come home with and how many pictures are actually, you know, usable for, for your studio or whatever. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and wildlife specifically, um, I mean, I take a lot of pictures, right? Like I, if I'm, you know, if I'm going out looking for wildlife and I see what I'm looking for and find my subject and have the opportunity, I mean, cameras these days, right? You can shoot 20 frames a second and that adds up, right? Um, oh yeah. So I, I definitely, I do take a number of photos, you know, in a day. I mean, some days, unfortunately, where I don't even pull the trigger, right? Like you, like you said, you might just strike out, and in one day, you you didn't even click the shutter button on mm-hmm. or on something. So I definitely have those days, but typically, I'd say you know, on like a five day outing, um, I'll come home with at least a few thousand images um, of different subjects, and I'd say about for every hundred photos that I take, one photo is good. And probably for every thousand photos I take, one photo is like what I would consider like a very good shot or like a portfolio worthy shot. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Um, you know, sometimes it's more like a couple thousand for that one like portfolio image that's, uh, that's got the lighting, the positioning of the animal, the action, the behavior, whatever. Um, so those are definitely hard to come by, but that, that's kind of my rule of thumb is maybe every hundred images I have one that's decent and yeah. every thousand there's maybe one that's like, you that's know, epic. maybe good enough to, yeah, to uh, throw my website to sell as part of like my portfolio. That, I'll tell you that, that moose photo, man, uh, for anybody listening, make sure you go check out uh what's your what's your instagram um your so i maybe give yeah, both of them yeah i was gonna say i do have two one for wildlife and then one for hunting specific so my my wildlife uh only instagram page is bow day photography and my first name is spelled b-e-a-u day photography and then my um hunting uh page of uh, photos is bowman day photo that's B-E-A-U-M-O-N. So everybody needs to go check out the the hunting one, Bowman Day, and go scroll down until you see the moose picture. And you'll know it because it's freaking epic, man. That that shot, I feel like, needs to be on like a magazine cover or something like that. It's it's awesome, man. What was what was the story behind that? I um, freaking love it. Can you yeah, which, the, which one are so you it's, about? it's the one um, it's it's basically somebody's packing out a moose, they got the moose antlers on their backpack and they're they're oh, like okay. skylining and then everything behind it is like yellow. It's like the perfect lighting. Silhouette. Yeah. <clears throat> um so the story behind that, that's actually that's my dad's moose in the photo. Mm-hmm. Um so that was Alaska this last fall and um, we were about day seven in a 10 day hunt. My brother had gotten his bull a few days prior and we were trying to get it done for my dad. Um, anyway, long story short around how it happened, basically he got a bull down right uh, in kind of the evening time. And we were about five miles from camp. Um, so we, we had a lot of work ahead of us <laughs> to say the least. But um, that shot, that's my, my brother had the moose, you know, the, the rack on his back with the horns. And um, we were packing it up to this ridge top. And yeah, that, that yellow is actually um, the moon. So there was a, a full moon that night that, that rose. And it was really, it was honestly pretty bright, like with that moonlight. And we kind of had this overcast sky that like the moonlight was just hitting the clouds and just like making it kind of like almost like you said kind of like a not like a sunset yellow but it was like lighting up the clouds yellow um so that 
image was taken obviously in really low light and I, uh, I was able to get that photo of my brother with the moon right behind him kind of lighting up the clouds um, with the silhouette of kind of the tines of the moose up into the, up into the sky above his head and everything. So it was, awesome. it was a pretty unique, yeah, it was a pretty unique shot. I feel like, um, I had to, as far as technically, I had to really, I had to manual focus, like it was way too dark to focus. And so I had to keep my shutter speed way, way down. It was super low. And, and I actually took my pack off and set my camera on it to try to mm. be as steady as I could. Um, and kind of get, come away with that image. So what do, what do you what are your thoughts on that photo i'm just curious because you know a lot of a lot of people when they make something you know it's like a you, like different people see different photos in different ways like like what's your thoughts on a photo like that do you think that's like freaking epic or is it or do you have other photos that you think are better than that one that are you know top of your list yeah i mean so many so many images are like you said it's kind of the viewer bias you know some people some images resonate with others uh differently for me like when i take an image i obviously have the experience behind the image right of mm -hmm. that moment that you know that emotion or experience behind it so i i feel like i am definitely biased by my images where i might think an image is epic because kind of the experience behind it was epic but then the image might not be that great, right? Someone yeah. might be like, well, that's not that cool, but I'm like, dude, like leading up to it, like this was crazy and whatever. But um, that image in particular, I I do like it. I do like it a lot. I think it's an epic photo. I think it's 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 different than really anything that I've really seen out there, um, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of why I like it. Um, you know, you see so many different type of content or similar content, right? The similar types of images or types of photos um, that I think it it's it's just a different, unique photo being that it's uh, one, a moose and it's moonlight. Um, I just feel like it lends itself to be kind of a little unique and sets it apart a little bit, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think it's a pretty cool photo. I. I, I, I still look at my stuff and I'm like, oh, I could have done this better or differently or I could have you know, sure. framed it in a different way and it turned out better. But all in all, I guess that image I'm, I am pretty stoked about. That I was yeah. able to get that one. Well, and that's the thing, man. I mean, experiencing something in real life, you always, it, it distorts how whatever, it could be the best picture you ever took in your life. You know, you still had the experience of going to Alaska and you know looking at those photos when you get back you're like man it just the sunset was so much cooler when I was there or, or yeah. you know the, <laughs> like I had such a different picture in my head um, yep. so yeah I mean it's it's interesting being a photographer it, re it really is you know people people throw the the word it's an art or the phrase it's an art around a lot but I think um, you know, photography is definitely an art and more so like, it's like kind of almost like a physical art, right? Because a lot of it is, is physical and how you, you know, sometimes you got to get super close to the ground, um, in order to get the right angle or you have to hike up, you know, um, you know, 30 feet above somebody on a trail to get the, the right angle there. So it's, it's very physical in that way. Yeah but it's, it's very much an art. Yeah, it, it, it's very intentional, right? Like, mm -hmm. I like the phrase, I made this photograph versus like, I took this photograph. Um, and like making an image, it's like you said, Ryan, like to make an image, you have to be intentional about it. You have to think about it. What, what, what's the look that I want? Anyone can really just take a photo, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of images that turn out great just by simply you know you you don't move you see a scene and you're like oh, i'm gonna take a photo you put up your camera and take the photo but um yeah it's kind of that process of making the photo of what look do i want what do i want my viewer to feel in seeing this image what story am i trying to tell um you know all of that plays in and that that's kind of what 
my mind thinks about right when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm in the mode of you know taking photos and there I said taking photos or making photos like it's it's got to be intentional and a lot of times I'll just kind of be stuck in like oh I'm just gonna stand and take a photo but it's kind of when you slow down right you slow down you kind of you look around you, you put your camera down you notice the environment what's around you and oh if I go up here I can create a totally different look and put you know put the subject in this background versus in this background that's not as interesting and that's when you make a photo right and that's when you can create something that's special for sure well that's an important point i mean i think uh there's a lot of times where i'll go take pictures and i'll get so sucked into just you know it's almost like i got i get like you know obsessed with just looking down at my camera i'm not even looking at the the surrounding area because i'm just trying to like frame everything through the the lens of my camera right but then you like you stop for a second and maybe you, you take in where you are you know because so many times photography takes you to some of the most beautiful places at some of the most beautiful times and um and that's that's when you can kind of slow down and be like okay yeah actually maybe if i can put that tree in the background it'll it'll be a much better image um so yeah it's it's interesting i do have a question how did you get how did you guys on a moose hunt where everything that everybody says is sit in camp and call a moose don't shoot anything a mile from camp (laughs) how'd you guys get five miles from camp on a moose hunt oh man um well the the crazy thing is and lucky thing is um in the in this story (laughs) is we we did go with an amazing pilot who was able to land to pick up that moose Mm. um, in a different spot than camp so we yeah we when we were five miles from camp and had this opportunity um our pilot had told us if you find if you can get to a ridge top that has this you know it's flat it has a run out and whatever we might be able to land on it so we took a gamble um but ultimately yeah (laughs) to make a a very hard and epic story not as hard and not as epic we we were able to to hike it up to a a very much closer than five mile ridge top that had a flat landing and almost like a landing strip for him to land with his you know big old air tundra tires and yeah and everything to to pick the moose up so that's what we were able to do that night um and then we, i mean we still had to hike the five miles back to camp but we weren't packing but we did we did nine trips with my dad's moose um to, you know it was still a you know pretty crazy and hard you know thing to get it up to this to a certain ridge point but yeah we would have died if we had to go five miles um and so that that's where we looked out with an awesome pilot. He was able to, to make that happen for us. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's uh that's that is one of the good things about up there. Like, you know, where we were doing our caribou hunt, there's lakes all over the place. Now we didn't have the luxury of, you know, being able to hit our pilot up and be like, Hey, can you pick us up at this lake? So we kinda had a similar yeah. experience where we me and my dad actually shot uh two bulls five miles from camp. And while it wasn't a moose, still you're walking through tussocks the whole way and oh, yeah. swamps. And so it was pretty brutal. And then we ended up like getting back to camp. My brother still hadn't shot his bull. And and there ended up being just all the caribou in the world, you know, a mile, within a mile of camp. So it was oh, funny nice. how that worked out. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's crazy. I, I have packed caribou in that type of terrain with tussocks and the marsh and man same thing it's not easy getting that no <laughs> it's not easy to even walk in that stuff let alone packing a caribou so no I, no I feel for you sure there. <laughs> yeah um cool so so i kind of want to actually i had one more question um just on the on the wildlife subject uh do you have any like like pure wildlife experiences that stick out to you um, that have come through, it could be either a, a hunting photography trip or a, a wildlife photography, f- photography trip. Do you have any yeah, experiences yeah, stick out? Um, I do. I, um, 
Yeah, a couple do. <laughs> a few do, but I'll, I'll say one of them. But I, I, I love predators, and, you know, there's something about grizzly bears or a mountain lion that just it's just humbling to be in their presence let alone have the opportunity to take a photo of them so um i mean one in particular here in utah um winter time i uh, came across i was hiking came across a set of mountain lion tracks um and they were they were pretty dang fresh so and i've spent man tons of hours tracking and looking for mountain lions and trying to get a photo of one. Um, so that's always been like super high on my list. And uh, I, I tracked this lion for a couple miles and it hit this pretty steep canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't very you know, far down, but it was just like really steep and narrow and you could see to the other side. And um, I essentially just started glassing that opposite side. I, his tracks went down to the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. And I was glassing the other side, and I actually turned him up in my binoculars on the other side of the canyon. And he was, it was pretty wild. He was bedded at kind of towards the bottom, but looking straight up at me, probably really? like 500 yards away, like still, like pretty far, but he was like looking up at me. And I was like, holy crap, there he is. This is insane. And I ended up, long story short, making my way down to where he was at and basically getting right on onto him in his bed and he and I think it was a female she was a little smaller so I should I should say she but she basically let me get right there with her really close and didn't didn't jump or move and I ended up getting some I mean it was really thick oak brush and uh I took it super slow. I probably, when I got closer to her, moved like 40 yards in like a three hour time period. Um, Really? Taking it really slow. I could see the top of her head and her ears and she'd like look my direction and I would just sit and wait and maybe take a couple steps and sit and wait. And anyway, I ultimately got within like 20 yards of her and was able to come away with like some really epic images of you know, a wild mountain lion just laying there and it let me into its world. And it, it was just like a surreal experience, but that, that, yeah, that one sticks out in particular. That was like, those were my first mountain lion images that I've ever gotten. I've gotten some sense of some others and those are two, some of my favorite experiences. Um, they're just so elus- elusive, right? You just yeah. I spend so many time, so much time in the wild and in the mountains. And I, I rarely see cats like that. So to have one let me, you know, essentially be 20 yards as it was bedded, it was a pretty awesome experience. I spent the whole evening there and was hoping that she'd stand up and give me some images on her feet, and she never did, and it was starting to get dark, and I I was like, I should probably get out of here. <laughs> you don't want to be and, 20 yards from a mountain lion in the dark. That's probably yeah, not something let's say you want to Yeah, turning, turning my back and walking away was a little nerve-wracking, but... I was like checking my six like every <laughs> second. Oh, I bet. I, I hiked out of there and I, oh man, I was just on cloud nine, honestly. As a wildlife photographer, that's like, at least, you know, that's like my personal dream shot right there is kind of that experience. So that one sticks out. That's cool, man. That's why you do it. That's that's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, it it doesn't, doesn't happen very often, but yeah, when it yeah. does, try to take advantage and hope you don't screw any of the photos up <laughs> yeah man well i mean it's like you know ten thousand hours type thing you know you put in ten thousand hours sometimes you're, you're gonna get whether it's luck or just skill or whatever or culmination of both of them you're gonna get you're gonna get something special to happen like that so yeah yeah i definitely cool. it was definitely super lucky that day for me so i wasn't anticipating that that day but yeah it was pretty epic cool man so yeah i kind of i kind of want to transition to more um something that's time relevant we've got a lot of a lot of folks um prepping to go on spring bear hunts you know that's coming right around the corner here um and we were talking it sounds like this is going to be your first spring bear hunt correct you're going to be going up to montana or idaho Uh, idaho yeah idaho 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing. I'll be I'll be doing a shoot this spring. Um, so I'll be involved, like a part of a bear hunt with Everly Stock, and then I'll be doing my own personal bear hunt too up there. So, yeah, nice. this is, this will be a first for me. <laughs> so I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So why don't why don't you kind of, and maybe you haven't even thought about it yet, but uh, maybe you could just shoot from the shoot from the hip here. Um, as far as gear goes, um, wh- what are you kind of expecting to bring on a spring bear hunt like this? Um, and and is there any anything specific that you're going to be taking on on this spring hunt uh, that's different from your typical fall hunt? Um, yeah, that's it's going to be it's obviously new for me with the bear hunt. Um, never doing that's, it. So yeah, that's kind of what I want to get your perspective on. Yeah, as far <laughs> as as far as gears go, gear goes, um, it will be a a backpacking in spot and stock hunt so it won't be uh you know a bait and sitting um type of deal um for both of these so it'll both be spot and stock um so uh, man the essentials (laughs) i'd say just spawning scope and a good and a good little uh foam pad to sit on on the side of the hill um looking at grassy openings right um as far as I know, at least from like spot and stock bear, but yeah, I'll be taking, um, I'll be taking, I shoot a seven millimeter. So I'm, that's going to be my rifle that I'm, that I'm using and taking. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I typically don't, don't carry any sort of handgun really when I, when I hunt. So won't be packing that around. I'll definitely have my camera gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess, spring prepare for any weather right so i'll i'll be taking rain gear for sure as a must and some good warm weather if we get some some snow or something i don't don't know what to expect honestly yeah it's always uh always fun preparing for a new new hunt that you haven't done or even if it's just a new area there's there's kind of like the whole gear research aspect that goes into it that i find really fun you know you gotta you gotta see what i mean for the most part most hunting stuff is relatively the same right but i don't know i I have fun kind of dialing it in after every trip right so like go on a trip and find out that you didn't bring enough calories next time so you're looking for um yeah you know something to to boost that that's not super heavy that can that's shelf stable for me personally i know a lot of people bring you know pb and j's and stuff like that but um and then you know just dialing in your clothing system you know yeah all all that stuff is really fun so is there anything like for photography um that you've you've maybe it's not like a photography specific item but any piece of gear that you've kind of dialed in that you've you know maybe you you started at first and you never brought but now it's like with photography you always have to bring it is there any pieces of gear like that um yeah on the photography side there's a a couple of things come to mind one is is a uh uh, like a harness for your camera so you're not Mm. you don't have to always have it in your pack right a lot of times I've done both. I've I've hiked where I I have my camera, my pack, and you. I do a lot less shooting if that's the case, right? I'm like, oh, I don't want to take my pack off, dig in my pack, take out my camera, to then take this photo of like this hunter hiking this ridge or this scene or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like to use there's a there's there's this holster by Cotton Carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, that basically goes like on the strap of your pack right here. Yeah, I think it's called. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's like a strap shot or something, is what they call it. Um, it's like this thin rectangular thing that that goes on your your pack strap, and that goes over your shoulder, right? So it's just right there on your on your front of your shoulder, and it's it's a very secure system. So like I don't even fret that my camera's there. Like I don't worry that it's gonna fall off, but it just makes it super convenient just to boom, like take a photo if that's right there and not have to dig in your pack and mess with that or, you know, take anything off and, and do that whole thing. So that that's a piece of gear that I would like probably can't recommend enough just so you're 
able to capitalize on any opportunity, right? Like you're yeah. having buddy slips and whatever, and, and he's laughing and you like capture this moment of whatever, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that, that tell a story. I like those images that tell a story. Um, and so, you know, you, you don't always plan for that. So you want to have your camera ready. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever had a camera fall off of one of them things? No, no, I never have. Really? Yeah. And I've carried them a lot and, you know, for on, on a lot of backpacking trips on a lot of miles and they've always been great for me. I had one fall off on a shoot this past year and luckily, you know, we had the oh, a seven three running and it had fallen off the night before and what I think had happened something in the that little plastic part had gotten bent or something like that so it, it couldn't clip all the way down oh, nice. um, and you know it was just one of those things where it was like you know I'm sure it'll be fine you know it's got enough weight there um, but then you know just bending over just a little bit it, it popped out and um, it was early in the morning and it fell directly on the lens right on a root right on a tree root <laughs> luckily had the had the uv filter so for anybody listening if you're going to be doing rugged stuff or even just carrying a camera around in general i would recommend having a uv filter because that saved the lens because the yeah. glass on that cracked but the lens was totally fine everything else worked perfectly but yeah so i've been kind of like you know debating if if I ever want to take one of those or, you know, there's a couple other, uh, options on the market out there. But I mean, if you've never had an issue with it, I mean, maybe it was just, you know, the, the fact yeah, that the plastic was a little bent. No, yeah, that's crazy. It surprises me, but I guess it, it could happen. Right. But obviously yeah. like in your experience, but that, and like you said, a UV filter on the front element of a lens is an epic idea. Like I would, highly recommend doing that on your glass so save save the front lens if you crack your just simple uv filter or something on it yeah it's kind of like a, a car you'd rather have the uh rather have a tire pop than than the engine malfunction or something like that so I, i've found that yeah. that's something that's that's really saved me um for sure uh that's definitely a good one what about other other gear man i I feel like um, photography. There's a lot of, a lot of different gear stuff that you got to think about. What What do you use for yeah. a tripod? Do you typically take a tripod out with you? Yeah, I typically do, and and really, I I I take the same tripod I throw my spotting scope on just to yeah save weight, right? So I use a pretty simple. It's a ProMaster. It's more of a photography tripod that I use hunting, right? I don't use like a a vortex or something like that, but, um, which it's, I definitely don't shave weight on my tripod. I think tripod's important. And mm. I obviously, you, you want a lightest tripod possible, but I don't go like really cheapo because I'm, I'm throwing a lot of money on <laughs> that tripod. And a yeah. lot of times I do, um, also do self shooting. So I'll put my camera on it and I'll leave it right. And, and be the one um, in the image as well with like a self timer or like a, a remote trigger um, timer and so because I, I do a lot of solo hunting and stuff too so yeah that that also is important to me to have like a stable good tripod to throw you know several thousand dollars on top of and be confident that it's not gonna <laughs> knock it out on you and tip over or something um, but I definitely I don't care I do have like a very heavy duty big tripod that I put my heavier longer glass on lenses for wildlife so I don't take that that's definitely overkill and too much weight to pack around but I I just have this kind of pro master um, tripod that I that I personally use and, and on that note I guess another piece of gear that I usually always take is a self timer whether that's like a, a remote trigger type remote that you can do time lapses for to you know program and set to do time lapses or to shoot um, something of yourself, or if you know if you're with a buddy and you can both get in the photo right for that trophy shot and set up your camera and do like a a remote trigger for that. So I use that a lot when I'm out hunting or doing photography. Is that shutter release? 
Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Just gives you versatility. I mean, you know, the a lot of cameras have the timers on them, but it's like then you got to run to yeah. get in position, and if you have a self timer, you can get in the frame a little bit, a little bit better. I've never really done that too much. I've never messed around with it, but I've been out there with uh, my buddy last year on our elk hunt. Had one. And it was it was perfect for our group photo. That's the only time he pulled exactly, the yeah. pulled the uh, the camera out. But uh, but yeah, no, yeah, that's, it, that's a good I mean, one. it's great. Like too, like the camera itself. If you're doing like a long exposure, like capturing the Milky Way, or like if you want to catch star trails or whatever, right? Or do light painting. Um, the camera can only go up to like 30 seconds before you need one of those remote shutters mm. to set it for longer, right? So if you're wanting to do that, um, any sort of longer exposure, then you're going to want that remote too for that kind of night night photography, whether it's stars or, you know, light painting, stuff like that. Nice. Um, all right. Maybe one last question here. Um, one lens. You had, to, you had to just take one lens um for the rest of your shoots here oh man what would what would you pick um oh man that's that's hard i always usually run with two but i uh so i'd I'd probably go with um like a mm, like a 14 to to 24 um Mm. personally i I would also uh, maybe say the 70 to 200 because I love kind of those, that ability to, to kind of get that, those closer shots. That's kind of what I always run with is a, is a super wide angle and then more of a, a 70 to 200 style, like longer length lens. But it'd probably be the 16 to, to 24 or the 14 to 24 or 16 to 35. Um, just because you can, you can get more of those unique wider angle type of shots um and then also kind of you know get more of the on the longer end of that like 35 the the trophy shot you know with your friends or stuff like that but um the wider angle is just it provides a different focal length than kind of what we're used to um yeah i wouldn't recommend taking like a 24 to 70 i mean I would it, that that's fine but that's that's essentially like what your eyes see right like that's kind of the the folk like the standard length of what you would see as if you were it was like you standing there which is great but I like kind of the more unique perspective on stuff that's a little different right whether that's a wider angle uh, type of image or a tighter like 70 to 200 zoomed in type of image um, so if it was between the two, I'd probably go wider angle because with tighter you're you're limited. But I do love the the tighter zoomed in type of type of look too. Those are really the two lenses that I always have in my bag, and then I sometimes have more than that too. But yeah, it seems like you could probably get most of the shots that you need to get from from those two lenses. I mean, that's that's what I always carry. Um, yeah sometimes it, i mean i've the shoot that i dropped that camera on last time the only lens i took with me was the 24 to 70 um and it was nice because i mean you know mostly trying to get product photos um so didn't really need anything super zoomed in beyond that um but yeah i think it's always nice to have i mean it, to only pick one lens for the rest of your shoots would be would be torture. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. Not trying to paint you in a corner, but but yeah, it's <laughs> well, just no, it's interesting. A, it's a get good your question sh- though to, yeah. to kind of evaluate, right? And again, like the twenty four seventies in my bag, probably sixty percent of the time, right? But um, I kind of like the the on the extreme focal lengths on both of those mm-hmm. a little a little wider than the twenty four and a little longer than the seventy. Um, just because that kind of it's a little more unique than what our our eyes typically see right so you're you can create some more creative type of images or ones that 
kind of maybe stand out a little bit differently. I don't know. That's kind of yeah. take, but no, that makes sense. Well, and I think that's good info for anybody that's trying to get into photography. I mean, and that's the thing about photography, man. It's such an easy way to to just get in. Like I'm the type of person where I don't like to just go on hikes, right? Like I like to have a, a purpose for if I'm going to hike three, four miles. I want a purpose, whether it's like scouting or photography or finding a fishing hole or something like that. If you're that type of person, I mean, photography, even just with an iPhone, man, like the the new iPhone 13 um, for photos. I mean, it's I don't like there's nothing that's going to compare to a, uh, you know, a a full frame camera. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That an iPhone can do. Nowadays, who knows, in 10 years, it might be even better. But um, but like for video, I mean, shoot, that, that new iPhone 13, man. I don't know if you've seen some of the footage that's coming it's, off of those things. It's it's insane, it's insane. dude. Yeah. It's wild. It's it like... Blow, it blows my mind. Makes you want to just get rid of... Uh, get rid of the Sony and just carry that thing around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but, already always have it on you. I mean, yeah, yeah like, like the best camera you have, right, is the one that you always have on you. So, I mean, that's if that's your iPhone, like, if you're able to take that out and take an image and document it and whatever, like, that's epic. And I, like you said, the even the phone cameras nowadays or video, it's just, it's pretty cool what you can do. So it definitely doesn't, you know, stand up to the full frame 50 megapixel type cameras today, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely something you can go out and take some good images with and work on like your eye and composition and how you approach a photograph, even if it's just an iPhone in your pocket. So yeah. there's definite, definite value in, yeah. uh, in getting out and just, just kind of looking at a scene and saying, right, like, what do I want? What do I want in the scene? Like, what's the coolest thing in the scene? And how do I eliminate distractions from that? And, you know, take a photo with, even if it's with an iPhone. So there's, yeah, that, that can yeah. be a great practice thing too, or for anyone getting into it. Yeah, go go make an image. That that truly is the thing, man. Because like I come from, you know, I went to school for audio, um, did a little bit of video, a little photo in there, but it was mostly audio. And the biggest thing that we would always focus on, you know, I went to school with guys that were like gearheads, right? They'd be trying to, you know, get. Uh, everybody to use the the five thousand dollar neumann microphone uh and then they needed all the compressors all the vintage stuff and but you know one of the most valuable things i learned there from you know kind of my my main teacher there was getting a good song is 80 percent the artist's performance and it's probably 10 percent the gear 10 percent uh you know post-production i feel like a lot of it it's the same with the you know, photography. I mean, if you're not, you're not in the right place at the right time, it's just not going to happen. So even, you know, taking an iPhone, you know, there's, there's been plenty of hit songs that have been, you know, recorded in some dude's basement with, you know, the cheapest microphones out there. (laughs) So you can, you can take a pretty dang good image with a, uh, with an iPhone. So, yeah, no, um, no doubt. Even just, if you are looking to like actually get a camera, like, I mean, there is so much hype these days around like just what the capabilities are, right, of like a camera. But ultimately, like that camera is not gonna not gonna lend you to taking a better photo, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it it'll definitely help. Um, so, like, don't get me wrong there, but yeah, it's there's a lot more to 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 that than than what the camera's capabilities or megapixel count is, right? So. Yeah, that, that's a great takeaway for anyone looking to get into it. Like, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get the latest and greatest um, to start making images, right? You can get something very, very affordable and make some awesome stuff happen with it. So, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, you got anything else for for the folks here? Man, I don't know. I guess. Um, yeah, uh, with the upcoming. I guess spring and summer and backpacking, whatever, like just hope everyone can get out. And if you're interested in photography, like hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to answer any questions you have, be it gear or, you know, opportunities if it's wildlife and stuff like that. I'm always down to chat. I 
have people, you know, hit me up on there and would love to hear from anyone who, who wants to reach out. So, yeah. Um, and then good luck to all the hunters, too, this upcoming fall with, with pulling tags. And it's kind of the season, right? So It is. It'll, it'll be fun to see how, how the season shakes out. I've already put in here for Utah, where I'm from, and, and Arizona for elk and stuff. So it's it's getting exciting. I know. We made it through, like, the, the two-month lull of, like, where yeah. there's not really <laughs> stuff going on. All the apps are coming out now. All applying for tags. It's it's getting exciting, getting back to that good time of year. So um, Yeah, man. It is. Yeah, I've been kind of planning out my fall and, and photo trips and stuff. So it's it's going to, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and, and everything. But like you said, it's getting me excited. I know we're still a ways out, but I'm already <laughs> I'm getting excited, so. Every every month is one month closer to, to August. It's like that's right. That's how you know when you're when you're addicted to hunting when you're or or roped into it is you know when you try to you're like well what what are the seasons I could do in August you're like oh there's like antelope early <laughs> you know out here you can get an over the counter yeah. antelope tag for August fifteenth and it's like oh perfect get to start my hunting nice. season fifteen days earlier than I, than I would have yeah. last year. So, yep. but yeah, man, well, I, uh, I definitely, that was, that was a, a good podcast. I learned a lot. I think people will definitely learn a lot. What you want to just, uh, run over your Instagram and where, where people can find you one more time. Yep. Sure thing. So, uh, bow day photography, I'm sure you'll have it written out too on the, at least how yeah. to spell my name. Cause it's kind of different. It's B E A U D A Y photography for, for my wildlife. And then my website with that is bodephotography.com. Uh, and then hunting is Bowman, B-E-A-U-M-O-N, Day Photo. And then my website for that is bowmandayphoto.com. Sweet, man. Well, hopefully people will check that stuff out. Definitely go check that moose photo out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's been awesome time. Yeah.